You're listening to the Bridges Nashville podcast. Bridges is a house church movement meeting in homes all across Music City. To find a house church near you or to find other ways to support or get involved, go to BridgesNashville.com. Well, Happy New Year to everyone who is listening to the podcast today. 2021, we made it. Uh, yesterday, January 3rd, we had our first Sunday gathering online style. Uh, we did a live stream from the Listening Room Cafe, and that's how we have to gather right now with COVID numbers still very high in Nashville, extra restrictions downtown. Uh, but we are looking forward to the time where we can all be in the same room and worship together again. I had a few issues with the audio, and so I decided uh, to re-record the podcast here in my studio in Nashville, just because I believe this message is so timely as we kick off a new year. It's a message called Genesis Moments. In the 1960s, Donald Fisher had a business renovating hotels. He bought a hotel in Sacramento and leased out some retail space to the Levi Strauss Jeans Company. Now, the manager of this Levi store had this idea to lay out a wall of jeans from floor to ceiling with different sizes. That had never been done in retail stores before. Donald Fisher tried on several pairs of jeans, but couldn't find any that fit quite right. He had a little bit of trouble returning those jeans, and so he decided to do something about the process. Together with his wife, they opened a store that would carry all sizes of jeans. They named their store The Gap. In 1972, Fisher went on to launch the label, becoming the first store in retail history to use their store name as their brand name. He would later start up Old Navy, another huge retail success, and Fisher's net worth at one time was estimated to be $3.3 billion. But it all goes back to this moment of frustration where he couldn't find a good pair of jeans and decided to do something about it. That became his life's mission, his calling. It was Donald Fisher's Genesis moment. And we all have them. Uh, Maybe not quite as beneficial or glamorous. See, I was 11 years old when my parents first discovered I loved music. They must have heard me singing Disney songs around the house and through my preteen high-pitched versions of A Whole New World and Hakuna Matata, uh, they heard Potential. Now, my dad was in the process of starting a church, and he wanted me to be his worship leader one day. I don't know if it was more him seeing the potential in me or taking advantage of free labor, but regardless, I began taking piano lessons at 11 years old. And like many 11-year-olds, I would much rather have been outside playing street hockey than practicing chopsticks inside, but my parents made a good play. They told me they would pay me $10 a week to practice an hour a day. Oh, jackpot. I went at the piano with renewed vision and dollar signs in my eyes. And then about two years later, as I had gotten somewhat tolerable on piano, I made the biggest mistake of my childhood. I told my parents, you don't have to pay me anymore. I had fallen in love with music. I began writing songs at 13, leading worship at 14. I started my first band at 15. And since these early days, I've written over a thousand songs. Now that may sound impressive, but at least 80% of those songs will never make it out of my basement. I've gotten to travel the world playing music, and I still love the chance I get to pick up an acoustic guitar and just worship before the Lord. And when I think about my lifelong journey with music, it goes back to this Genesis moment of being 11 years old and starting piano lessons. 
You see, every story has a Genesis moment. Call it chapter one, call it the starting line, or simply call it a new beginning. Genesis in the Greek language is yenesi, and it means origin or birth of something. And here we are at the beginning of another new year with a chance to start again, reinvent, reimagine, and dream again. But maybe for you, it doesn't feel that way. Maybe you're not at the place where you feel like you can dream today. You may still be picking up the pieces of all of the brokenness and chaos from 2020, and I want you to know that's okay. Maybe you're really fearful of what could happen in the next few weeks, months, and year. Maybe you feel like you can't trust anything or anyone right now. And I want to remind you that you can trust the Lord. Proverbs 3, 5, and 6 rings true today as it always has. Trust in the Lord with all your heart and lean not on your own understanding. And in all your ways, acknowledge him and he will direct your paths. You see, 2021 is probably going to be just as unpredictable as the last year was, but isn't unpredictability the opportunity for faith? So I want to encourage you with the hope of the gospel today because Jesus gives us new life. In fact, in John 10, 10, Jesus said that's the reason he came was to give us life to the full. In fact, the NLT version, it says that Jesus came to give us a rich and satisfying life. You hear us say this a lot around here, that the best is yet to come. And that's true. I believe that as long as we have breath in our lungs, that we have a purpose to our lives. God never leads us to less. He always has more. Now, listen carefully. I'm not preaching a prosperity gospel here. I'm not saying that he always has more money, more possessions, more success. We know that's not the case because Jesus told the rich young ruler in Mark chapter 10 that to be perfect, he needed to give away everything he possessed and follow him. But what the rich young ruler failed to see was that Jesus was actually inviting him to a life of more, more meaning, more purpose, more fulfillment, and more blessing than he could imagine. Jesus invites us to follow him, and in doing so, we discover a life that is abundant, lacking nothing. Uh, Paul tells us in 2 Corinthians 5.17, anyone who belongs to Christ is a new person. The past is forgotten and everything is new. Now, that passage was probably quoted in just about every New Year's message, and it's a great scripture, but I want to tell you that the word for new in the original context is an action verb, a becoming new, if you will. See, there's a continuous process of being made new through the redemptive work of Jesus. It's not a one and done, but an everyday transformation that happens. Listen, I'm not where I want to be. There are still things in me that God is working on. And the moment I become fully sanctified, I'll let you know. But I can tell you that I'm not the same person I was last year. And if you looked at the me five years ago, you wouldn't even recognize me. Why? Because God is making all things new. He's working all things out. And I'm being shaped more to the image of Christ day by day. So are you. That is the process of the Christian life as we follow after Jesus, being filled with the Spirit, becoming new. So today I want you to embrace this message that all things can be new, but just know it's a process. We taught a series this past summer, Into the Unknown, no relation to the Frozen 2 soundtrack, uh, despite my daughter Nora's requests. 
But we learned that the unknown is equal parts exciting and terrifying. And I think faith lives somewhere in the middle of that. And it takes faith to step into something new. You've heard the old adage, the journey of a thousand miles begins with one step. Or as my father-in-law likes to say, how do you eat an elephant? One bite at a time. So today we're talking about Genesis moments in our lives where God is up to something new and fresh. But how do you recognize a Genesis moment? And better yet, how do you respond? So I want to zoom in on the life of a prophet named Samuel, who is quite possibly the most influential prophet of the Old Testament. We know many of his stories and how he ushered the nation of Israel into a new era where they had kings for the first time in their history. But Samuel's Genesis moment happened as a young boy while he was living in the temple. A little backstory. Uh, Hannah was a woman who couldn't have children and she prayed to God asking him to give her a son. She promised God that if he gave her a son, she would dedicate him right back to the Lord. And God answered that prayer. So when Samuel was just coming into his terrible twos, it looks like that's when he's placed in the service under Eli at the temple. Now, Eli was the current prophet of Israel. Now, the terrible twos, that's a pretty good time to drop off your kid for a while. And somewhere in Samuel's boyhood, we have this story from 1 Samuel 3. I'm going to read verses 1 through 10. The boy Samuel ministered before the Lord under Eli. In those days, the word of the Lord was rare. There were not many visions. One night, Eli, whose eyes were becoming so weak that he could barely see, was lying down in his usual place. The lamp of God had not yet gone out, and Samuel was lying down in the temple of the Lord, where the ark of God was. Then the Lord called Samuel. Samuel answered, here I am. And he ran to Eli and said, here I am, you called me. But Eli said, I did not call, go back and lie down. So he went and lay down. Again, the Lord called Samuel and Samuel got up and went to Eli and said, here I am, you called me. My son, Eli said, I did not call, go back and lie down. Now Samuel did not yet know the Lord. The word of the Lord had not yet been revealed to him. The Lord called Samuel a third time, and Samuel got up and went to Eli and said, Here I am, you called me. Then Eli realized that the Lord was calling the boy. So Eli told Samuel, Go and lie down, and if he calls you, say, Speak, Lord, for your servant is listening. So Samuel went and lay down in his place. The Lord came and stood there, calling, as at the other time, Samuel, Samuel. Then Samuel said, Speak, for your servant is listening. I think we live in a day and age where everyone wants to be heard, but not everyone has something to say. And on the flip side of that, we have a hard time listening and hearing each other out. But as this story shows us, to hear the word of the Lord, you have to listen. Speak, for your servant is listening. A Genesis moment will usually start with a word which requires us to hear and then respond. Speaking of Genesis, uh, the creation account, it started with a word. God said, let there be light. The void heard the word and creation was the response. When God called out to Moses through the bush, there was a listening moment and his leadership Genesis was put into motion. It happens all throughout the Bible. So what is it in your life that God is calling you to begin? I want to highlight three things that I believe can help uh, you recognize a Genesis moment and then respond to one. Number one, be available. You see, it's hard to hear or respond to God's voice if you're so busy, you miss it. 
we have a lot happening in our lives today, a lot that could potentially distract us from the importance of just resting in God's presence and being available. Are we so preoccupied with go, go, go that we forget to stop, slow down, and just be with God? See, we know that Samuel was available because he said these words, speak for your servant is listening. It was a posture of availability. And that started this chain reaction that was a rhythm throughout Samuel's life, being available to God and hearing his voice and responding. I think sometimes we can get so busy thinking that we're doing all of these things for God that we forget to just be with him. We need to carve out time to be alone with God and then throughout the day, be aware of his presence and how his spirit is at work. I heard a pastor once tell me, God isn't nearly as concerned with your ability as he is with your availability. If you're not available to what God wants to do next in your life, you'll be stuck on what he did last. Now, let me also say, unless he tells you what to do next, continue doing what God told you last. And that's why it's so important for this next step. Tune into his voice. In Samuel's time, it says that the word of the Lord was rare and there were not many visions. See, it was a time where culture had turned away from God. Sound familiar? I believe God was still speaking, but there weren't many people listening. When you're doing your own thing and living according to your way, you won't see or hear what God is doing. We've got a lot of things fighting for our ears and for our hearts, but we need to know which voices to mute in our lives and which ones to turn up. And I can tell you, the Holy Spirit is a voice you want on maximum volume. The Holy Spirit is our pipeline of communication with God. The Spirit is our interceder, our counselor. The Bible calls the Holy Spirit a spirit of peace, of truth, and of wisdom. Come on, how many of us want more of those things in our lives? So what are the distracting voices in your life that you need to lower the volume on so you can tune more into the voice of the Spirit? And if you're married or you have kids, I'm not saying to mute those voices. What I'm saying is let's make time to lean into that still small voice of the Spirit. And one way that God speaks is through His written Word, the Bible. God has spoken and is speaking through His written Word. This is a great time to mention our January Bible reading plan, which you can join today by going to bridgesnashville.com and clicking on January updates. You can also find the link for our January Bible reading plan and all of our social media platforms. We're going to be going through the book of Psalms this month, praying through it and meditating through the book of Psalms. We're also doing a 21-day fast starting January 10th. I think uh, starting this year off praying and fasting and reading the word is a great way to tune our hearts to his voice. So be available, tune into his voice. Those things will reveal the Genesis moment and then you've got to respond. And that takes obedience. Do what he tells you to do. See, if Samuel never obeyed the Lord, if he never stepped into his calling, uh, David, the greatest king in the Old Testament, would have had a much different story. Without Samuel's Genesis moment, we may not have had David, the shepherd boy's Genesis moment, because it was Samuel who anointed David king. See, there are things that we follow Jesus into that will release others in their calling and help others find their Genesis moment. 
When Jesus called out to his first disciples, it was the Genesis moment for the church that still continues to this day. You see, it was a simple, come and follow me, that changed the course of history. Peter, James, and John, and the other disciples, pioneers of the early church, they first had to respond to this invitation. Jesus' offer was saying, there is more in this life than what you're living for. And it was a Genesis moment for them, one of purpose, calling, and mission. Jesus is still calling and inviting us into his story. He offers a full life, according to John 10.10. 1 Corinthians 2.9 says, What no eye has seen, what no ear has heard, and what no human mind has conceived, the things God has prepared for those who love him. Ephesians 2.10, For we are God's handiwork, created in Christ Jesus to do good works, which God prepared in advance for us to do. If you need a Genesis moment, a new beginning, a new chapter of your life, it starts with Jesus. In fact, the Bible calls that decision to follow Jesus being born again. It's a new birth. Now, I don't know your situation or what 2020 brought into your life, and I know just because we flip the calendar, it doesn't mean some magical switch has flipped and everything is fixed overnight. No, it's a process. It's a becoming new. It's letting go of the old so you can embrace the new. It's trusting the Lord with all your heart and letting him direct your paths. I'll tell you, personally, 2020 was the hardest year of my life. I had moments battling anxiety, moments of depression, moments where I simply couldn't see my way ahead. And complete transparency, I still wrestle with moments like that. But my prayer is a daily bread prayer. God, give me strength for today. I've come to love the lyrics from the old hymn, Great is Thy Faithfulness. Strength for today and bright hope for tomorrow. And that's where I'm living. That's what I'm holding on to. Can I tell you, God loves you right where you are, but he loves you too much to leave you there. I felt like God gave me a new beginning this year, a rebirth, if you will. In my walk with Jesus, in my understanding of the church and what we're called to, I fell deeper in love with scripture and with the Holy Spirit. And Bridges Nashville, our church, we had a bit of a rebirth, didn't we? As we followed the Holy Spirit's leading, shaping us as a house church movement. Now this past year, I wanna tell you, we've pressed on and we've been able to reach more people than ever through our online ministry. Just some encouragement here. In the midst of a pandemic, we saw people receiving salvation, filled with the Holy Spirit. Our worship team wrote songs and released art into the world to influence culture with the gospel. Songs like Be Still with our friend Xander that has over 25,000 streams and videos like Jesus You Are with nearly 50,000 views that we're releasing our song My Supply later this month. And I believe it's gonna reach many more with the joy of the Lord. We also gave more towards missions in 2020 than ever before. We packed thousands of pounds of food for our communities during Second Saturday Serves. And for our Christmas offering, we were able to provide 4,000 more meals for communities in need here in Nashville and helped 10 families celebrate Christmas with gifts for their families. By the way, you can always join in Second Saturday Serve here in the Nashville area it's where we meet up at the Listening Room Cafe at 8.30 a.m. and go out to do service projects for our city. It's an awesome way to put action to your faith. We also gave $13,500 towards church planting all over the world with our network, CMN. 
I think we're just getting started. I can't tell you with 100% certainty what bridges will look like a year from now, but I can tell you with 100% faith that as we are available, as we tune into his voice, and as we respond in obedience, we'll be exactly where we need to be. And so will you. Are you available? Are you tuning into his voice? And will you walk in obedience? Your Genesis moment can start today and it can start right now. Thanks for listening to the Bridges Nashville podcast. To stay up to date on everything going on at Bridges, you can find us online at facebook.com slash Bridges Nashville or at Bridges Nashville on Instagram.